like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, like to watch? I like to watch. John Hall. This is Donnie Smith. And this is the I Like to Watch podcast, yet another podcast about film. How you doing, Donnie? Hanging in there. Yeah. Not yeah. Sure. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Been busy, but uh, you know, I'd rather be busy than not busy. And that's uh that's a plus, is all I'm saying. Um saw I saw Spider-Man uh into the across the Spider-Verse. I freaking loved it. It was brilliant and 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 cool. And it was one of the things that I noticed about it is I definitely see, and not in a bad way, uh a cultural divide. Yeah, you can definitely see that this is a film that is made with a sensibility for a much uh, a much more hip sort of zoomer audience. The music, okay. the music, the way it the way it uh, it cuts from scene to scene, the dialogue, but it's still super enjoyable. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And I didn't know it was a part of a trilogy. And so at the end, when it said to be continued, I audibly groaned out loud because I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. I mean, I'm I'm down for another. I'm down for another one. But uh, it was like, what? It's not it. OK, let's go. Yeah, apparently NPR spoiled that one because Mary Lynn was listening to something, uh, review, interview. I don't know what she was listening to on NPR, but yeah, they spoiled that one on the on the radio so i didn't yeah. know either until she came home and was like yeah i heard good things about it but you know the ending was you know and i don't know if that's like a modern thing now where it's just you know these serialized stories you know with these superhero things you know not, not well, too many of them i feel like not too many of them now like because a lot of them are closed book yeah but like the avengers ones right i mean you know better than i do the avengers yeah. ones were all pretty kind of open book leading to the next one leading to the next yeah. one right yeah yeah, yeah. So. and it was the it was the plan I, and that what, what i didn't realize was that this was always a planned trilogy they'd always planned oh, okay. this to be a trilogy so was it like they did a second one went okay we could lead someplace this is definitely this definitely ends the way you would end i'm getting ready for a trilogy you know i mean okay. it's it, it's not it's not like oh and now we're gonna leave a few listens no it is a setup for a major battle and it's like okay to be continued. That's like, I didn't see the first one, I think is streaming somewhere. Like, oh, you should have watched it. It's, yeah. Well, I remember when it was up for a bunch of Oscars. Right? Oh, it was phenomenal. And I was actually surprised. I was like, wow, Spider Man movies up? Because usually it's Disney or Pixar, right? Sometimes DreamWorks, whatever. But yeah, I had no idea. So yeah, it looked cool. What is it? Nicolas Cage is in it. And bunch of cool voices isn't oscar it, isaac in the first one i think no nicholas cage is in the first one he's not in the second one oscar isaac's in the second one okay okay yeah 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 so it's uh yeah it's just a lot of fun it does the multiverse in a way that is a lot more interesting than quite frankly some of the later marvel movies have done in terms of like dealing with the multiverse it's a lot more enjoyable it bizarrely makes more sense <laughs> and so and they do and like i said the characters are very well drawn it's very well written the storylines are great um just start to finish it you know one of my favorite you know i don't want to i don't really want to spoil things but one of my favorite things about this is that there are multiple and i mean 
in the in the first one there's multiple spider-mans different versions of spider-man mm-hmm. and in the second one there are hundreds and hundreds of versions of spider-man but what i really like about it is the con the concept that they all have seminal moments that they have to have or they don't become spider-man so everybody loses an uncle ben of some sort you know it's like it's it just i just i think it's a really interesting it's just an interesting premise and they they carry it off exceptionally well so yeah so so speaking of uh spoilers and 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 npr doing things you i believe had something you wanted to talk about for housekeeping Housekeeping. i think you're sleeping housekeeping you come back in an hour housekeeping you want towel more towels need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want men for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. You know, I, I've heard about this for the past few years a couple of times. The most recent iteration, apparently, is the Little Mermaid live action thing that Disney did. Um, I don't know who coined the term, but uh, review bombing has happened. And, you know, doing a little research on review bombing. You know, I mean, it seems to be like, like, you know, fucking racists and misogynists and homophobes, basically, right? There was one movie, speaking of Oscar Isaac, there was one movie that I think it's like a love story that takes place with the, what is it called? The Promise. It takes place in 1914. It's a love story. Uh, uh, the backdrop is uh, the Armenian Genocide which apparently there's a very large contingent of people, kind of like Holocaust deniers, um, who believe that the Armenian genocide never happened. So they review bombed the shit out of this fucking drama with Oscar Isaac. Like, so it's not just like crazy fanboys, you know, on the internet with the Marvel shit, which, you know, a lot of, a lot of these review bombs have happened. What was it? Uh, was it Mrs. Marvel, Miss Marvel? What was the one with uh, Cap- Captain Marvel? Brie Larson, Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, Cap- Captain Marvel. Um, the Eternals, obviously, although from what I was reading, the Eternals really did suck. So <laughs> they may have earned the, the shitty review bombing. But um, but the review bombing itself was basically homophobic for the Eternals. It wasn't because it was a shitty movie. It was because, you know, they had L- LGBTQ plus representation. Um, Black Panther, the 2016 Ghostbusters, um, Bros with... Um, what's his name uh, billy 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 eichner i think it's billy eichner's yeah, i think that's right um you know i just you know and and the star wars last jedi because there was a fucking asian character in it like it just i don't know i just i i wonder i you know i have a couple things that i'm wondering like who still reads reviews <laughs> i mean do, do you read I, I know i know when i do theater when i've done theater I I always say like, well, I'm not going to read the reviews. I go to say, I'm fucking right there reading the reviews. I don't get good or bad. Like, I don't really give a shit if they're good or bad, but I I do read them. I think it matters more for theater in some strange way than it does for films because well, the marketing machine behind films is like enough to either get you to see it or not. Is a review really going to change your mind one way or the other? Yeah, yeah. My perspective is that uh, yeah, I don't. I've never, I, I can't think of the last time I saw a movie or decided not to see a movie either or based uh-huh. on the review of someone I didn't know. Usually it's, you know, I, I actually I give you an example. It's like, you know, because that, that's things I don't read the reviews and I don't trust 
any of those aggregate things any more than I, I mean, you know, to me, my experience is that it started with sort of like Yelp where any asshole, any asshole with a phone could destroy your business by shitting all over your business because you didn't get your extra sauce or whatever it was, Uh you know, bottom line is I, I, I don't trust most of the film reviewers any more than I trust the, the, the review aggregators. Uh, what I trust is, you know, Hey, Hey, my friend who I know and I can talk to, Oh, you should see this movie. Okay. That's a review that I'm ready to see, you know, um, uh-huh. or I'll see a movie that I have nothing. I have no idea, but I have a gut feeling. It's probably not good, but, but because my mom wants to see it, um, right. you know, like she wanted to see the Pope's exorcist. And I was like, that does not sound like a great movie. <laughs> mom really wanted to see it. We went and saw it. It was a piece of shit. It was basically, it was basically propaganda for the Catholic church. And so it was like, so, you know, so yeah, I don't, I don't really pay attention to reviews. Right. To me, a trailer will make or break whether I want to see something. And even then, I mean, and that's, that's one of the cool things about the streamers nowadays that I've, that I've really started to kind of look at instead of putting a movie, I used to say like, I'll give anything 20 minutes. There's so much shit out there now. And I'll, so much that I haven't seen or so much that I want to see that I haven't quite gotten to yet, especially with horror films, right? The beauty is I can put on a, two minute max trailer and if that gets me then i'll give it the 20 minutes and then i'll watch the whole thing if it's you know if it, if it gets me in the 20 minutes um yeah a good trailer a bad trailer that'll make or break it for me I, reviews i mean you know one of the last people i trusted was was uncle roger and you know since ebert passed like i'm just like i don't even know who that i, I don't even know who i would read anymore because he he really i mean he he wrote a film Right? What was it? Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Like he, he had a stake in the game. He, he, he knew so much. I mean, he was right up there, you know, with Scorsese or Tarantino. Like he was encyclopedic with his knowledge of film and filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and those really great um, uh, filmmakers respected him, which is partly why I respected him, right? Um, and of course, we came up, you and I, we came up in the time where the thumbs up, thumbs down really did kind of make or break uh, exactly went to the theater because you didn't that's how you got to see trailers back in the day or clips from the movie back there was no internet so you got to watch at the movies with cisco and ebert and you would see a trailer or some scenes and then kind of like we do you know listen to them rap about whether it's good or not what they liked or disliked about it yeah nowadays it's like you know that's why i i just i think it's i think it's gross you know these these people that go on the internet just to shit on something like you know, I know you and I have talked on mic and off mic about, you know, my kind of shitting on movies sometimes, and I, I'm getting better about it, um, but I certainly would never take to the internet. I mean, I'm not a 13-year-old boy either, so. Exactly. exactly. Well, one of the things I think is interesting, I was thinking about the question. Uh, incel. <laughs> yeah, when you when you put it out there is is that uh, the thing I think is interesting, and I, and I, I think it's. And I understand why you say, yeah, just a bunch of homophobes and a bunch of racists. I think because you're right. I say that based specifically on yeah. the movies that I kind of researched. Ex- exactly. You're right. I, I think I think it's maybe a little bit more complicated than that, but not a lot. Not a lot more complicated than that is is I think I think we've hit a point where um not every film, but a lot of movies are taking it to a place where they they need they need to feel like they're and it's either because they want to get the they want to get the cash 
So they're going to kind of virtue signal that way. Or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I don't, I don't want to go see a lot of movies. Some movies, sometimes I want to see a movie that's got a political message. I had no question about it. But oh. as, as an example, the most recent uh, that I read was the little mermaid. Right. And I, and I think it's fine. I mean, I was like, but I'm not, I'm not going to the little mermaid to be lectured about sociopolitical culture issues. I'm not. And, right. uh, but then again, I'm not going to go see the little mermaid at all because I saw the animated when I was much younger, it was fine. Right. I, you right. know, it's like, I, you know, I, whatever. But I think we've, we've, we're so polarized because what I've read about the review bombing is that a good portion of those review bombs are bots there and 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 a lot and basically it's just uh it's 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 people trying to sow discord i mean and then you also have and and it kind of goes the reverse too which i think is really interesting but it does the review bomb doesn't go in the direction of the populace it's like as an example the Chappelle show Mm -hmm. or not the Chappelle show but that uh the the latest Chappelle oh his latest thing yeah yeah Yeah. and and you know like the critics uh, went full on uh, political, and and he got like a nineteen percent from the critics, but like a ninety five percent from the audience, and you know, and it's like, okay, you know what? I don't, I don't care. I, I mean, to, to be honest with you, that doesn't matter to me. I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna judge for myself whether I liked it, and whether I thought it was funny or whether I thought it was good. I'm gonna watch it. I don't need to be told. It, it, there's an infantilization of the audience, and perhaps it's well earned. That tells that 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 is is this bizarre need to dictate to people what is good for them to watch or not. And I oh. think I think that's I think that's a little repressive, in my opinion. I'm not interested in hearing that, but that's fine. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I you bring up an interesting point with comics. You know, I think. Uh, comics are probably, I mean, I, you know, I'm just speaking off the cuff here, but they're, they're kind of like the last artists, uh, at least commercial artists, um, who really don't give a fuck. They're doing their thing. And if it speaks to them and they think it's funny, they put it out there in front of their audiences. They don't give a shit about the four quadrants. They don't give a shit about the fucking pleasing people. You know, I know plenty of, of very liberal comics who say some wild, wacky, fucking borderline racist shit. Yes. And they'll just say, it's a fucking joke, guys. Get over yeah. it. And yeah. It's like, yeah, if it's fucking funny, it's funny. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think that that's, a, I think that's, a, it's a different beast than, you know, fucking films, you know? Yeah, but I mean, they still, they still get that right. They still get that rotten tomato sort of bullshit that goes on. Yeah. Of course. Of course. You know? Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just something I kind of wanted to wrap about for a little bit. It's a fucking beat the dead horse on this but it was just something i kind of wanted to bring up because it was it was interesting um that really i've been doing the research it was like i was like oh, this has been going on for how many years now yeah it's really it's been going on for, and like for a long time for every, for every really shitty movie out there for like you know sharknado 8 you know it's like <laughs> fucking review bomb that because it fucking deserves it the movie because it sucked it. yeah like, yeah exactly yeah like, yeah leave fucking peter pan and wendy alone for god's sakes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if if i want to see it i'll see it if i don't want to see it uh i i won't there's uh, the, right. the the thing that's interesting about the whole review bump thing i guess in this day and age is that with the advent of this sort of bizarre hateful technological thing 
that mm-hmm. comes out as re- review bombing, we also have com- kind of confidently more shit to watch on TV than probably ever in history. Ever. So, so what do I need? What do I need to go to Rotten Tomatoes to see what right. everybody right. else thought of it? And a but bunch here, of bots. I'm just. It, do I want to watch it? I'm going to watch it. If I don't want to watch it, I'm not going to watch it. The other funny thing is, like, you could go on, and I don't, I don't do this, but it, you know, I've heard other people say it. Like, you can go on to IMDb and like, someone has shit on Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, oh, yeah. Somebody has shit on fucking ET. Like somebody has shit on like I'm sure someone shit on fucking Shindler's list. I'm sure somebody you, did, yeah. You can find the most amazing films ever made and some jag off online fucking got on his little computer and fucking you know, like like Rupert Pupkin in the fucking yeah. basement of his mom's house. You know the- on fucking you know, you know the, you know the. Uh, I'll tell you the only thing I, I just thought of this because the only thing that will motivate me to see a movie I wouldn't otherwise see mm-hmm. is if you have a nearly equal number of lovers and haters. If if sure. you have people that really love a film and people who equally really hate the film, to me mm-hmm. that says this has got some merit. There, there's going to be sure. something here. There's going to be something here that I'm going to at least idea wise go okay i'm i'm down let's see why because if some people really love it and some people really hate it there's something that's that's really striking a chord so i gotta watch i gotta watch that movie that's part of the reason i i ended up watching mother the yeah uh, because i heard so much good shit about and just his word of mouth not reading anything nothing exactly time i was working at a production company film production company so you know we the, the our water cooler talk was always you know movies and that was just one that I heard so much good shit and so much really bad shit about. And I was like, I'm going to watch it eventually. And then sure enough, it was on streaming one night. And I was like, yeah, I forgot about that. I'm going yeah. to watch that. And it was fucking, it was a wild ride. I don't know if I like it or not. I love it. it yeah, I understand. Yeah, it, it, it it's very polarizing. It's like Babylon. Babylon, people love it or people hate it. I, I, don't, to, I haven't heard to be- anyone love it. Uh, you know, I've I, I have I've actually read a few again not reviews, but I've read a right. few things that are defending it. But no, I did not love it. I I I really hated I really hated yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And 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 per your point, if you and Joe James both are like fuck this movie, then I'm like yeah, that's too. I respect. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't need to see it. I'm good. That's three hours of my life. I'll keep. Thanks. got here read the salvation army band pop fisher who wants to know i'm roy hobbs your new right fielder my what right here scotty carson sent you here that's right must be nuts where do they find these guys red fella you don't start playing ball at your age you retire where did he find you? The Heber Oilers. The Heber Oilers? I never heard of them. Semi-pro. Semi-pro. Schultz, go warm up. Did you ever play organized ball in your life? I just got back in the game. What does that mean? I used to play in high school. Excuse me? I used to play in high school. Freddie used to play in high school. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Scotty Carson signs him up. 
The judge okays the deal. They ain't talked to me yet. I got that in my deal for as long as I live. They gotta talk to me. They got a contract. I want to see it. Oh, come on, Hinko! $500 they give this guy to play with us. This ain't legal. Is Carson your chief scout? Yeah, so what if he, he said is? he had the authority to sign me? Yeah, well, he don't have. Let me talk to you just a minute. He has, Pop. You said so yourself, if you ever found anybody decent. I know, Red, but look at this guy. We don't need no middle-aged rookies. Well, we sure need somebody. Hey, fella. All right, you come at a bad time. Like Red says, Scotty Carson's seen something in you. Go find Dr. Dizzy and suit up. You know, I realized, and I said this last week, I, re or, yeah, I, I realized that we had not really touched on any sports films yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I thought, all right, if I'm going to go with a swing, because there's plenty of, so I actually, I really like sports movies. I don't know why. I'm not a big fan of sports. That's what I think is so funny, is I really yeah. don't really like to watch sports that much. But man, do I love movies about sports. Sure. I love sure. them. Sure. And so I picked for this uh, this conversation. I picked what I would consider the epic fairy tale of baseball, 1984's The Natural. Uh, yeah. Basically, basically, it's a, a story of. Ro I will give a little recap. Story of yeah, Roy yeah, go, go, go. yeah uh, Robert Redford is Roy Hobbs, and uh, we see him as a young man and a boy, and then a young man who is who's beginning his career as an amazing baseball player. He strikes out the, the equivalent of Babe Ruth at a train stop. And he is, he is on his way to become what is said is the greatest the game has ever seen. He ends up meeting up with Barbara Hershey, who is basically an insane woman who has decided she's going to kill all the greatest sports uh, stars of the day. And she shoots him. Then we jump, cut to years later and now he's been playing triple a ball he's old i mean by baseball standards right and, right and and he gets traded up into wilfer brimley's uh failing failing team mm -hmm. he brings his own bat and again when you talk about the mythos he brings his own bat which he has fashioned out of a tree struck by <laughs> lightning with a lightning bolt on it you know <laughs> It's fucking. It, it, if he only named it Excalibur, it yeah, right. I mean, the notes exactly. I mean, it, it's it's very you know, and and, it, and it, the music is epic, and it's really it, yeah, yeah, and it's really just a story of this guy. He is the natural. He's even as an older player, really amazing, really inspiring people. But then having to confront, um, in that time period, the the I think it's the thirties. Uh, that yeah. that that time period, the corruption that was going mm -hmm. on within the, the the sport of baseball, and that corruption is very capably uh, represented by Robert Prosky and an uncredited uncredited Darren McGavin. Oh he's yeah, not, he's not credited he's in the not? film. No. Oh, well, wow. well, what 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 happened? Well, yeah. Well, what what happened was he uh, he came late to the film. 
And uh, when, when they said, wow, well, you're going to, you know, because you're late to the film, um, we're going to, we're not going to be able to give you the same billing as everybody else. So he decided just to say, just uh, then don't give me any credit at all. And Robert Prosky, Robert Prosky is known to have said, and that just brought more fucking attention on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what is your relationship to the film? Like, when was the first time you saw it? What's you don't even remember? No, no I I saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater oh, yeah. when I when I was in it, it was when I was in high school, senior in high school. Okay. Um, and I saw yeah, it in the I mean, theater. Limited. This is a formative movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved it. I loved it then. I love it now. It it's just one of those movies that, uh, and that's why I say your review your proof. It sure. really is sort of this this. It's like. It's, you know, it's, it's almost like the Babe Ruth or not the Babe Ruth, the, uh, Babe, the blue ox is what I was thinking. It's like Paul Bunyan and it's like, uh -huh. and it's like wind wagon Smith. It's like this epic legend that has been created. Um, and it's presented the, the cinematography is sort of soft and glowy in different places. Oh, and wow. it's, you know, the music is just sort of like flow. It's like clouds and, you know, powerful clouds underneath things. And there are moments like when he's, he's, when he, when he hits the big one and it goes into the thing, you know, yeah. it's like he knows Glenn close and Glenn close plays the young girl that he knew when he was a kid and then she went to Chicago and then when and lost track of him. And then he shows up and she's actually got a kid with him. But, you know, he didn't know that. But there's that moment where he's like he's losing it. You know, he, he for something, something's going wrong. He can't quite. And then he turns and she wearing all white. It's so fucking epic. And she yeah. stands up and she's glowing and the music oh. hits and it's, and you can feel the power. And then all of a sudden he fucking knocks it into the goddamn lights and showers yeah. lights all over the crowd. It's really just beautiful filmmaking. It's a fun story. Um, and I, and I, there's something about the whole baseball uh ethos that just works in this movie you know the robert prosky sits in the dark i mean uh -huh. it's just it's just so good and evil and and very very black and white but super super interesting and very well done one of the things i think and i watched it and watching it this time i never thought about it is that a lot of uh a lot of sports movies have the main characters they just have these larger than life personas Sure. And one of the things that surprised me, I just hadn't thought about it until I was watching it this last time, is that Robert Redford almost gives a deadpan performance. It's almost oh, like, so I mean, he's just, so, it's yeah. just like, he is, he, it's like he, he's just, he's not going to overdo because the story carries the character. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't, you don't have to, he doesn't have to do anything. I mean, yeah. like he, he's the kind of guy, I mean, you know, in a way there's there's there are a lot of actors i think over the years that kind of embody what that is not quite like redford i mean newman might be up there um but there's some people that really they don't have to do anything you know yeah. i mean if you look at like clooney in um <laughs> what the fuck was that movie where he plays the fixer um uh, clayton robert clayton Ma michael clayton michael, michael clayton. clayton yeah yeah you know it's like it, it's like one of those performances where it's like the story is so big and everybody else is so uh, 
uh, colorful, I guess you could say. I mean, especially this movie with you know Brimley and and Fartsworth. And, I mean, come on, and fucking Michael Michael Madsen and, and God bless him, Mike fucking Star. Right. Um, I mean, you've got these people, and it's like he doesn't have to do anything. I mean, all you have to do, and and God bless him, he's a very capable player. In you know. Uh, Redford is. Oh, he's a he's, player. He carries the gravity. Well, he's a movie. He's an old fashioned. We were talking about this last week, I think. Yeah. He's an old fashioned movie star. He is. Oh, yeah. His presence in a film, um, because of his legacy and because of his history as who he was and because of the movies he's done with the director, he, he, he doesn't have to do anything because there's yeah. so much gravity just to his presence. Right. And right. I think that's really good. I think Pitt. I think Pitt gets away with that now. In, yeah, I think in, so. He can do that. Yeah, and 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 I just bring him up because of Redford and him and uh, what was it called Spy Game, where they're basically playing like a father son kind of relationship yeah. in the CIA. No, guys. were they were they in a river runs through it together? I can't remember. Were they both in that film? That's a good question. I uh, can't remember. Or did Redford no. direct that? Did Redford direct that and he was in? I just, I, for some reason, that movie always strikes me as that's the most Redford-like performance of Brad Pitt. Feel that. Let me pull up his. I can't remember. Director, well, filmography. Go ahead. Yeah. While you're looking at this, I, I, I actually want to hear you talk a little bit about you. You've mentioned this in the past, and in this case, I think it's very applicable. You talked a little bit about this when we talked about the Untouchables. This is a movie populated with people that they will never cast today. Because yeah, they no. look like, I mean, Robert Prosky and oh, Wilford Brindley and yeah. Farnsworth, they look yes. like real human. They look real. They're kind of ugly. They're kind of jagged and edgy. Mike, Mike Starr, Michael Madsen. I mean, same same thing. You know, I mean, these guys, they really got in when the getting in was good because, uh, you know, I mean, nowadays, yeah, I mean, the supporting player. I mean, what was it? Uh, you know, Bernthal played fucking Lee Iacocca in that yeah. Ford Ferrari movie. It's like, are you kidding me? Like that's something that would have gone to one of these guys back then. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I've said it before too. It's like once you started having the bad guys be very pretty, and your character supporting actors are just as fucking handsome or pretty as the lead guy or gal in the film. Like I don't know. There's something very much lost. Well, what do you think happened? Even when you look at something like uh, Mads Mikkelsen, for instance, very odd looking guy, but arguably still handsome. Yeah. So what do you think you know, happened? The, where, what was the turning point in this? Because I was trying to think about this and I don't remember. I think, honestly, I think it's something I, I'm just spitballing, but I, you know, having worked at the film production company that I was part of, a big thing um, to get a film financed, especially when you're, you know, uh, like up there, you know, when you're not talking indie film, okay? When you're up there working with studios, et cetera, who have a worldwide reach, there's like a list of people. And you don't just get to pick willy-nilly. You don't just get to have open casting calls anymore, really. There's like a list of people that you can go out to. That's where the A-list, the B-list, the C-list, all that shit comes from, right? And I think part of what happens is you, those lists get made because who can help open the movie in Uzbekistan or fucking Croatia or fucking Germany, all the different film markets all over the world? I don't think that that was as much in play until like the nineties. Okay. You know, I, I think, I think, I think when you're talking the eighties and back, I mean, America was you, the major market where we do were you think it was China? Us. 
Do you think? Because because there's that that book. So, but that's so recent. I know you read that book. No, no, that's not recent. That was that was the nineties. That that's been going on since the nineties. Yeah, the nineties was. That's yeah. I would that's say what I'm saying. Education you, line is the nineties because that was when China started allowing American films. Well, and uh, Na- Na- NAFTA was it? Was it? Was it no. Clinton who opened everything up? Right? Well, the, yeah, Clinton opened everything up, but it but yeah. the the Chinese thing had nothing to do with NAFTA. That was before that. Yeah, well, well, basically, I mean, the book that I read, and I'll have to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, uh, it, the book was <laughs> the book that I that I thought was interesting, and it it really does tell a good story. Is that the Chinese uh, recognized that they wanted they that that Hollywood was was really making an impact on on the, on their on their country so they sent a bunch of filmmakers young young filmmakers mm-hmm. to have hollywood teach them how to make movies hollywood style well they fucking sure. welcomed them in open arms cuz all they could see is hey we can make a lot of money yeah. and then they courted china and china said okay we'll let you have a few things then disney opened disney world shanghai uh-huh. And and so now they're in bed, and then China started saying, uh, if you want our dollars, you're going to have to do it this way. You're going to have to do it sure. this way. And so there was a, a great deal of, I don't know if it had anything to do with being pretty, but there was definitely a shift in how films were being made at the time. So, I, And that's why I think, I, you know, I mean, China may be whatever size player on the thing as it is, but I mean, you know, for all of the rest of the markets all over the world, I mean, Italy, you know, I mean, there are these people who, I mean, you know, at least the company I used to work for, you had a script, you would come up with a pre-sale poster, uh, you would try to attach two actors, two lead actors, maybe a director, but we never worked with like huge directors. Um, and then you would go to the American film market, you would go to Cannes, you would go to the Berlin Film Festival, and you would try to sell the package of the movie before it ever went to lens in order to make the money to produce the movie. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that's a big thing that started in, yeah, like the 90s. Wow. You know? I, I, wow. Think, I think, I, I would say that, you know, the Weinsteins with Miramax, um, uh, Bob Shea with uh, New Line Cinema uh, before it was bought by Warner Brothers. Um, you know, some of those mid, mid, I mean, I don't know if you want to call them mini majors, maybe you could, but that mid tier um, film studio um, who were not Warner Brothers, Universal, Fox, et cetera, although those are all fucking owned by conglomerates now. Yeah, but um, at this point, yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's a big thing that just, that really started back then. And it's just gotten kind of worse. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like these movies that we really love from like the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, I feel like they weren't tainted by that part of the business because that part of the business didn't exist yet. I could be totally wrong about that, but I don't think that's, so because that sounds, that's there, was right. follow-up, there was the follow-up to Easy Rider's Raging Bulls called, uh, I think it was called Down in Dirty Pictures. Also written by Peter Biskind, Biskind. Yeah, Biskind. Um, I think. Yeah, um, you know, and that was all about the rise of Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, uh, Kevin Smith, uh, Allison Anders. All of those '90s, you know, when you think of hip indie '90s films, like the, these were the cats. And when you think about those cats, there really was one company who was pushing them all through, and it was fucking miramax yeah yeah you know? i mean yeah. the guy was a piece of shit he was always a piece of shit he turned out to be a really good criminal piece of shit yeah but but 
he really pushed through a lot of great artists and a lot of great work back in the day. Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to take away the artistry of the filmmakers just because they got money from a fucking piece of shit to make the movie. Um, Exactly. But I think that I really do think that that's that's when it really started to change. Yeah, all right. uh, somewhere somewhere in the nineties. Let's switch gears because, like I said, yeah, no, no, I I like it. I just wanted to switch gears because I I love sports movies. I said at the top of this that you know for some reason I adore. I like boxing movies. I like hockey movies. I like name it. They're always about always about an underdog. Yeah, so about an underdog. So how do you feel about sports movies? That's that's I guess that's my question. Yeah, um, you know, I, 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 I like them. You know, I, but it's kind of a generic answer. Um, you know, the great ones are fucking great. I mean, Hoosiers is a great movie. Yeah. Um, oh God. Yeah. Rudy, Rudy is a fucking great movie. Yeah. Um, Million Dollar Baby, I could take or leave. I mean, this is a, I like it. I yeah. Really love it. And I think it's a good movie. A lot of Oscars. And God bless. Um. Rocky's fucking phenomenal. Rocky, big fan. I love uh, my Rocky films. You know, uh, I even love fucking any given Sunday. The Oliver yeah. Stone. Yeah, it's you a great I mean? movie. That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah, yeah. there's something so, about that thing that works for me, and I think you're yeah. right. I think it's the underdog thing. And one of the things again, one of the things that redemption, I redemption, redemption, yeah, to it and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what and one of the things, and that's this can sound quite bizarre. Uh, I don't think it's gonna sound bizarre. Um, it's just weird coming out of my mouth, I guess. But one of the things that in in watching The Natural again is it is sports movies seem like until until you get to a little bit later, even about the you know like when you have sports films about the about the uh, corruption behind it feels incredibly American. It really has this almost patriotic well, feel to it, which is weird for me to say, but it really does. Like, uh, I feel very American when I'm watching The Natural. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that, too, because, I mean, you know, a, a buddy and I wrote, uh, well, I mean, he did, a, he did a lot of the heavy lifting on it, so I give him full credit, but um, we wrote a movie based on an idea that my brother-in-law had, of all things, and it's a, it's a baseball film, and I... You know, it's a, a coming of it's a, it's a coming of age story, redemption story, that kind of thing. And um, you know, I was kind of pitching it to some people that I used to work with, and they said, "Love it, love the idea, love the story." Baseball movies don't make any fucking money. No one makes baseball movies, and it's ironic because, like, doing some of the research, for yeah, the movie, they got the same fucking spiel back in 1984, yeah, or 19 whatever, whenever they were 84, pitched. 80. Well, yeah, they're probably pitch, they were probably pitched like, in 82, whatever. Yeah, like pitching it for 10 years because they yeah. had the rights of the book for like 10 years. I forget who the producer was, but um, but yeah, so it's always like baseball movies don't make any money until one makes money, and then you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and frankly, there have been a lot of baseball movies over the years. And oh I yeah, I don't think any of them really lost. Money. Did Major League lose money? I don't. No, think so. Either. They made a sequel. They made a sequel. It made, made must have made some. Yeah, must yeah. have made some money. You know. So yeah. So I think it's a bullshit. I think it's a bullshit line. Um, I think they say that because it doesn't tend to play, or at least didn't used to tend to play outside of the United States. Which is bullshit because a lot of our players are coming from the Dominican Republic. They're coming from Puerto Rico. They're coming from Cuba. 
I think Cuba, maybe mm-hmm. I made that up, but they're coming, you know, uh, there are a lot of Asian baseball players nowadays, right? Like they're all fucking great. Otherwise they wouldn't be in the fucking majors. You know yeah, I mean? so yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that that's, I think that that's a bullshit line. I think, it, I think it's the same kind of thing. Like what they said, you know, prior to uh, black Panther, it's like, oh, well, black movies don't really play African-American stories. Don't really play African-American leads. Don't really play outside of the United States. That's all bullshit. You know, it's all yeah. bullshit. Hollywood, Hollywood it's a good people, movie. It's a good movie. Executive producers want to hedge their fucking bets. Executive producers, these studio people don't give a fuck about any art. They just care about keeping their fucking $100,000 jobs. God bless them. But they don't know a good thing until it sits on its fu- on their face and makes yeah. a ton of money. You know? Yeah. yeah. And then they, make, then they try to make 10 other ones that are ripoffs, basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, there's no originality in it. It's, yeah. it's, it, well, you need to have that sort of independent spirit to be able to, to have that sort of uh, right. newness, that freshness. Right. The new ideas and, and, you know. Right. So I think, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, to make a sports movie is going to, I mean, it's like saying I'm going to make an indie military movie. Like it's just, no, it's, not gonna, <laughs> it's like, it's not going to happen because you need the money to put it up on the screen. Right. You need a big cast. Let's be honest. I mean, you need a yeah, lot of players. Sport, you need it, a lot of players. Yeah. Um, you need a fucking field. You need a baseball. I don't care. This was shot in a what a minor league uh, field. It was. It was in. Was it Buffalo? Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, it was in yeah. Buffalo, and it was. And, it, and what they ended up doing, what I think is interesting about the the field was the field. It, it had that pre World War look it because was they really all. Well, they, they did built in the thirties. Yeah, it was built in the thirties. The one thing they did do was that the right field was a hundred yards too short. <laughs> so they actually had to build out the right mm. field so they could actually film it like it was real baseball, which I think is fascinating. And now it's gone. I think I think it got oh, torn wow. down. I think I get of course, yeah, like like everything does. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, I, my, this is the first time I'd ever seen it. Um, I'd never seen the natural before. Of course, you know, it lives in the pantheon of fucking, you know, great American films, but just great films, period. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting because of course I knew the final scene. Of, of course. I knew. Oh, oh yeah, that, yeah. 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 That fucking scene is in every single fucking like Oscar montage or great movie montage or whatever. You, yeah. You fucking scene and hit Throwing the, the, you've seen the yeah. lights blow up and the fucking sparks raining down on the field with redford fucking stoically running the bases it sparks all around him he looks like a god for christ's sake it's gorgeous um, it's really gorgeous it's, yeah but i think in a way it tainted it, I, you know this is kind of like uh touching on uh, what we discussed for brazil um again i think it tainted my experience watching the film like for me it, uh, how, <clears throat> how if you didn't know what that final scene looked like and you're watching the movie building up building up building up i'm sure the real that release when he fucking smashes that ball and it's like, a, it's amazing mean, like, coming oh i remember watching it oh the audience went nuts when i was in high school we went crazy so yeah yeah that's yeah, absolutely so it, right it was a for me it was a constant build up to that scene yeah i'm not gonna say it ruined the movie for me it didn't it's a it's a great film with great performances um it is uh, i don't want to say it's slow um but it is it takes its time it, it yeah it's a good story it takes that's its what time. i love and, about it and i love yeah it. I don't know. yeah I'm yeah, yeah. You know, no i know saying you know my experience um so it takes its time um but yeah for me it was it was all about it's like knowing the end of something and like uh, what can i compare it to 
it's like watching that TV series Rome, right? We all know fucking Rome falls. So like we're kind of building up to it. So part of the excitement is watching how do we get to that end? Um, it's like some of those movies that show you the final scene as the opening scene of the film and you're like working your way towards it. Um, so yeah, so for me, it, 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 that was my experience watching it. Um, the things that I really enjoyed about it though, I, the, you know, the relationships, oh, um, God, yeah. you know, Kim Basinger is so good in this movie. Yeah, fucking wig is it, the wig. The wig is bad. The wig is bad. God, I mean, but she's yeah, good. This is the HD fucking problem, right? Like yeah. some things are not meant to be fucking seen in HD because I could see the fucking scene. You can see the scene. The yeah. Forehead, and I'm see, like, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it in HD. So I can say I did yeah. not see the scene. I, it's still not a great wig. It's still not a great wig. You know, but, but you know, whatever. Um, She's she, but she's really good in it, you know. I love I love her. Oh, she's great. There's no there's no yeah. weak player in the movie. Or everybody drank stacked cast, right? I mean, stacked cast. There's no fucking weak player in this. I mean, player, pun intended. There's no weak player <laughs> in this fucking movie because you know, the, the you have your pick of people. You know, what's interesting to me, it's it's only um it's only Levinson's second film after after Diner. Um, he'd obviously spend a, a while uh, writing in, in TV and writing with Mel Brooks. Um, so it's interesting to see that this is only his second film. And Diner, actually, if I, if I remember correctly, was a, it was a pretty small kind of indie. Yeah, that was sort of an indie, indie thing. It wasn't a thing back in the yeah. And, and it was but, and it was a bunch of actors that became big, but became weren't huge. big. At, yeah, but right. but were not big at the time. And so that was right. one of the. It was like it's uh, what's the what's the Scorsese or no the Coppola? What's the the first one he did with Coppola with Cruz and C. Thomas Howell? The, the, the Outsiders. The Outsiders. It's sort of like yeah. Diner was a little bit like a little bit Tom, later Tom version. Bad teeth. Yeah, a little bit later, uh, you know, because it was like it was Mickey Rourke and it was Kevin right. Bacon. And, you know, you had all these stars that became major mega stars. Oh, yeah. But they, they were just kids. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah. So and, and you know, I mean, it's his first time working with a major movie star. I mean, Robert Redford, for Christ's sake. But then, of course, you know, he went on to work. I mean, Rain Man. Yeah. You know, great I mean, movie. He, great his, movie. His, his career, Levinson's career is just outstanding. I mean, I'm not going to read his fucking yeah. Like, filmography like go look it up I and mean, it's phenomenal um just a flashback redford directed river runs through it okay he was that's like, he was like i i'm gonna say yeah. i can i just couldn't put that together but i i thought he was yes. associated with it so that makes me right, right, right. at least i'm yeah. not a complete idiot um <laughs> so yeah so it's you know it, i mean it was interesting i you know i i do i and i'll be honest like even knowing the ending of the film but like watching a lot of it like there is something to your point about sports films you know there is something i mean yeah i got a little Got a little choked up. Oh, I loved it. You know, at, at certain moments when he, when he fucking nails the ball, you know, he takes a bunch of fucking swings and falls to a fucking knee, but then finally cranks it out. Like, oh, there's dude, something about the, like the moment. The, yeah, the moment when he cracks Wonder Boy. Oh, when yeah, he no, no. cracks man, yeah, that that, that moment TV. is devastating. And and I and, and and every time I've seen that movie, and even though I know it's coming, for some reason I forget. So sure. I get the same what reaction. What does he do though? And that you talk to your point about underplaying. Like, yeah, what does he do? He just he, looks at it very stoic. And then the there's, kid there's not even a his shoulders just, don't even slump. Like yeah. he just looks at it and considers it. And like 
All right, kid, you pick me one. You know, yeah, like and the kid the brings him that he fucking the Savoy like, special. Yeah, people, some people, awesome, will look awesome. Like, oh, that's so cheesy. It's perfectly and cheesy. I love it. Fair. I love but, it. I think you. That's that's you just said. It. It's perfectly cheesy. Yeah, it's it it rides that line of like it's just enough. It's not over the edge. Yeah, know, of cheesiness. It's it's, it's it's like right there. It's perfect and. That's the shit that hits me in the gut. It's a little like, manipulative, but it's got enough yeah. sincerity in there that I'm there. I'm there because yeah. it's sincere. It's like, it's like yeah. a, you know, I, I'm making this up because I don't even I haven't seen Hoosiers in years. But it's like oh god, it's I like Hoosiers. Hackman gets kicked out of the game as the coach, and, and, and has, Hopper has, has to take has over. To put down the fucking whiskey bottle. Oh yeah, step up and fucking take over. No, I don't think he literally puts a bottle down. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, but well, well the moment. it the moment that what I love about that is and like damn, you got me doing Hoosiers again, sports movies. I don't know. Yeah. I just I love them, but that they work. the mo- the moment that works the best. That moment he gets he intentionally gets thrown out of the game. Hopper is it's the first time he's doing it, and the moment that sells that is that you already know that Hopper and his son are at odds because mm-hmm. Ben is so ashamed of him, mm-hmm. and he's frozen. He's sitting there frozen, and all the boys are looking at him like, "What's what's the play?" And his son looks at him. He says. What about the picket fence, Dad? And he comes when he sees it from his son. He comes to life, and I start weeping like a fucking baby. I every time, every time I weep, it's, it's fucking. You know, put put me in, Coach. Put me in, yeah. Coach. Fucking Rudy, and it's like the it, whole movie is building to Rudy getting put in the fucking game. No shit, you know it's coming at some yeah. point. But goddamn, or, or uh, um, Lucas, Lucas. Uh, Charlie Sheen and you know and, uh yeah, yeah I mean I fucking love those sports movies moment, and it's like but it fucking works like when it works it works and yeah I think I think there's something about being able to wrap up um uh, a redemption story an underdog's right there's something about sports movies that really allows those things to shine through more than I think maybe any other subgenre of a drama can, can I throw? I want to throw. I, I just suddenly thought of a theory. It's a drama because Major yeah. League, Major yeah. League shares a lot of elements with this film. Oh, it's no, totally and hilarious. It's, so it's. I just had a theory. I want to throw your way. Is is yeah. like like okay? Go to Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Every Shakespearean tragedy, the dramas, end with a death. Every comedy ends with a marriage a marriage right, right and so right. it's like what's so perfectly and, and that 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 gives them a perfect beginning and end what what makes sports movies give it that perfect end is it's either the winning or losing of whatever the game is there is a there is a perfect ending to every sports movie because every sports movie ultimately ends with you either won or you lost but there is this competition and it has a finite end someone wins someone loses denouement mm-hmm. and 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 i think that's it it's almost like i guess now i hadn't even thought about this until i the, the started saying it. it's almost like the natural is just like almost a shakespearean play set in a baseball field with sort of pre-World War II Chicago language. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, sure. It, you know, I mean, it, it is. It's it's a lot of those things. You know, it, it, it is the Arthurian legend. In yeah. A way with the with the with the, <laughs> the mythical fucking baseball bat. That, I love you the know, baseball bat. Wonder Boy. What's what's interesting is there's a lot of um you know the book the book is very different uh, oh yeah reading than the film. Yeah. It's, it has a much darker ending. Um yeah 
you know, where he does take the money uh, and, and kind of throw the game, although he decides, I guess, during the game that he's not going to fucking throw the game, but ends up swinging out and missing anyway because he's fucking getting old and can't hit the fucking, he's injured, whatever. Um, but it shares, you know, the book, the movie shares a lot of um, parallels with shit that was going on uh, throughout the history of baseball yeah um up until that point um you know the the, the black Sox scandal right is is a, is a huge one which is yeah throw that out there right yeah. so you know the shoeless joe jackson shit so you know i think it's i think it's very smart writing um the i, I already said the acting is 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 fucking phenomenal um and you know and the filmmaking it's it's gorgeous it's a it's a it's a it's a gorgeous movie to look at it really you know, is it's honestly, it really it's everything focus, about it that period soft focus kind of lens to it all um caleb dashnell is the the cinematographer who you know i mean he's done i mean he's you know fucking i don't know if he won an oscar but he's definitely been nominated but you know i mean he's done a ton of shit you know uh the, the, the what the what what do you got about i'm passionate the crisis fucking great uh, that's a big one, but uh, you know the right stuff. I mean, there's another yeah. one. For you. Yeah. Oh God, I love the right a, stuff. Personal favorite of both of ours being there. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, he's a phenomenal cinematographer. So yeah, it was just it was a great filmmaking team um, from you know top to bottom on this. And yeah, I mean, I see after having seen it for the first time, I see why it is part of the lexicon of great american films up there with the godfather you know i mean it it, it really is something and, and let alone maybe i don't know i i i don't know if i could put it at the top of the list of sports films i'm sure you would put it at the top of the list i of sports I, films. I i won't say it's the for me it's not the top but it's in mm -hmm. the top five it's definitely in the top five yeah sure. sure so yeah i mean i i get it you know, un, un, unlike pennies from heaven or heroin, um, <laughs> this one, like I, I really, I really, and look, even Harold Maude, I get why the hipsters fucking love it, but, um, this yeah, one, cause I'm such a hipster. No, I, uh, look at those glass, look at those horn rim glasses. Wow. <laughs> These are Oakley's Oakley's. Well, and people can't see you, but your giant handlebar mustache with the wax on the end too. Is, hey, is you know, weird. yeah, yeah. And my chin beard and my chin beard. Yeah, 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 sure. But but yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. I get why this movie is so special. If I have one regret, it's that I can't go back to the eighties and watch and it there. for the first time ever yeah. without yeah. knowing that iconic, the iconic scene the fucking film. So, you know, yeah, and it's no fucking spoiler alert at this point. Anyone listening, yeah. like if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. We yeah. did not spoil it for you. It's still moving, uh, uh, wonderful, uh, uh, underdog overcoming personal fucking because that's the thing too right a lot of these baseball movies is because you've got the outside force with the uh the corrupt uh judge who owns the the the, the fucking team and the uh the bookmaker right uh, yeah uh, darren mcgarry maker yeah and the uh, the femme fatale with uh, kim basement it's it's not only the outside it's personal she like he has to overcome his age he has to overcome the 16 years he didn't play fucking ball and was like busting his ass to get to where he's at now. Yeah. Which he should have been able to do in his fucking prime, but couldn't. Um, through kind of no fault of his own, right? I mean, it's not like he Yeah, no, he didn't he know instigate and he wasn't fooling around. Shot him and then shot herself. Right? Yeah, well, but, but what it was is that she showed it's up. Shocking. I, I will say that. Yeah, it is shocking. That, that moment, that moment great. I didn't I knew the end scene with the, the whole yeah. the lights. 
I did not see that. Yeah. I did not. I didn't know anything about the story. Yeah. Of of the natural. Okay. So sorry, spoiler alert, guys. But like, yeah, that fucking scene shocked. I was like, it's awesome, what? right? It's it's it, it takes you it, 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 it takes it to another level. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So no, it, uh, I would recommend anyone watch it. It's a it's a great time. The flavors you love, assorted drinks, your favorite beverages, hot coffee. Hot dogs the way you like them. Ice cream smoothly delivered. So my triple feature, obviously going with baseball films, have to. Um, you know, you can go anywhere you want with sports films like The Natural, but let's just make it a fucking Americana baseball night. Um, gonna start with... I'm gonna start with Field of Dreams. I think. Okay, Kevin Costner. Field of Dreams, 1989, Kevin Costner. Uh, again, drink everybody. Stacked cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody knows the fucking story <laughs> of Field of Dreams. Um, I think it's a. I think it's again. It's a very moving film. Um, it, it's a mythical film. I mean, literally, there's ghosts in the fucking. There's ghosts playing um, baseball. Yeah, you know, it's uh, iconic. Uh, if you build it, they will come, right? I mean, it's a, it hits all of the appropriate notes for a great Americana film. And yeah, I think I, uh, yeah, Field of Dreams. And then I, uh, Eight Men Out from 1988, uh, yeah. which is the uh, 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 dramatized version of uh, uh, the Black Sox scandal, which is obviously a major part of field of dreams yeah she was joe jackson right mm-hmm. uh the black Sox literally are the ghosts that come back to play on this field um and uh also a fucking stacked cast cusack mahoney mm-hmm. booker <laughs> fucking christopher boyd charlie sheen straight there and db yeah fucking written and directed by john sales forgot to it's a great 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 film uh it includes the line this movie ends the way the book of uh the natural ends with the little kid saying you know say it ain't so say it ain't so when he you know when they took the mm-hmm. so yeah um, yeah if i'm gonna go if if i'm gonna pick an order i would probably go the natural first feel the dreams eight men out i think that's how i would do it that's a good that's a good that, that's a good uh because it, yeah. It, 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 yeah the last movie eight men out gives you all of the colors and a lot of backstory of what you previously saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fills in the blank first. Yeah, but I would, I would, I, I would watch it third. I would program it at the end. Yeah. I think that's a good night. I think that's a good yeah. night. I went with baseball. I went with baseball, but with a little bit different lens on it. I went with sort of baseball uh, throughout the ages because the game itself and the business behind the game has changed, mm-hmm. and so, and I'm going to take people backward in time. Because that's more hopeful. <laughs> so I want to. I want to start with one of my. It's just one of my absolute favorite sports movies that doesn't feel like a sports movie, but it is. It is uh, yeah. 2011's Moneyball. Never seen it. Yeah. Oh my god! It's such a yeah. fucking good movie because basically it's Brad Pitt. He's uh, he's he's the manager of a team that has, and it's a true story. Manager of a team that has no fucking money, trying to go up. The, the Yankees are just poaching all of his best players, and he has to come up with a different uh, approach because he doesn't have any fucking money. And he gets Jonah Hill, who is almost like this mystical accountant. He studied <laughs> he studied economy, and it's again based on a real guy. 
Right. And he creates a way of looking at baseball players as the sum of their parts rather than here are the heroes. And and it's called Moneyball. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the thing about it is, while he doesn't, it, it's one I'm not giving anything away. Well, I am giving yeah. it completely. They don't win the big game at the end. Right. But Moneyball changed baseball. This whole story changed the way baseball is played. It's the way it's the way people scout everything. But it is a really great baseball movie. Chris Pratt's in it. Yeah. Then I would then I would follow it up. Okay, now we're gonna go back in time. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to 1988's Bull Durham. One of my favorite baseball movies because it's Kevin Costner, it's Susan mm-hmm. Sarandon, it's uh, Tim. Oh shit, Robbins. Robbins. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and a bunch of other really good actors. But it's it 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 it's sort of like here's the minor league. It's baseball as uh, sort of a quasi religion. Mm-hmm. It's Ron Shelton, so there's some great speechifying in it. It's really fun, um, you know. And it's you know, and, and, and it's Crash Davis is uh, Kevin Costner. And he's sort of like the veteran, the veteran, and and it shows you that hey. This is not a uh this is not a great living for people past a certain age. Sure. It's really, really hard. In fact, one of the lines that's repeated, I think, at least twice, this is the hardest thing a manager ever has to do. And it's really just basically <laughs> firing a player, you know? And yeah, yeah. uh and it's that's really good. And then I would finally end it with the natural, taking it back to its natural sort of mythic almost pretend mythic uh, uh sort of patriotic national pastime field you know the yeah. hero baseball player which yeah i almost went that was the funny thing it was it was so hard to pick because i i almost did that a similar thing where i wanted to do um major league Obviously, it's a fucking hilarious movie. Yeah, and it's so Sand- funny. And then, and then the Sandlot, one of my favorites. One of my favorite yeah. movies. Yeah, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. It was the yeah, yeah. Those. It was a toss up between, but because of the corruption angle, I wanted to keep that as kind of my through line. Sure. With the Black Sox and the whatever. But yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, you could program the shit. Yeah, you could program a month out of fucking amazing sports movies, not just baseball, right? So yeah. You know, not to mention some of the fucking phenomenal documentaries out there. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. About the games. Well, I mean, the fucking Ken Burns baseball. I mean, come on. That's one of the best sure. things ever. Sure. It's amazing. Yeah. All yeah. right. I mean, a League of Their Own is fucking. I love that. I love and the League of Their Own. I actually found out Mary Lynn has never seen it. And I was oh. like, you of all people have never I, seen that movie. It's that we're watching it. We're watching it. Yeah. I, well, it's so funny that you mentioned that because not only did I watch. Just in the week, uh, I watched The Natural. Uh, I watched Bull Durham. Um, I watched Moneyball. I watched eight, I watched Eight Men Out, and I watched The League of Their Own. I, I'm just like I kind of got into a real baseball thing there for about a I mean, week. Once you once you start, it's kind of it's like an easy rabbit hole to fall down. It's so because much fun. All you know the movies are just that good. They're just so, fun. It's just so yeah. much fun. Trailer Geek, we're going to go with mine first because when I saw yeah. your trailer, um, yeah. 
I want to see what you, I want to see that so fucking bad. I laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that yeah. trailer five times and laughed yeah. each time. So yeah. yeah, here is here is my pick for right. what I'm looking forward to in the coming weeks. Are you associated with any of the art? Yes. Do you use anything in your hand for your job? Yes. Are you Salvador Dali? Salvador Dali is right. This is very important. You are going to the St. Regis Hotel. Salvador Dali is there. You are going to keep an eye on him. And make sure he paints. Paul James. Welcome to Daliland. Oh, man, God. Jesus Christ, superstar. Who are you? I'm James Linton. Dala is the power. She does the deals and handles the money. You give us money, we give you a painting. Whatever you do, you must not insult her. I need a new assistant. I will borrow this boy. Because if you do, you are out. This party's fucking great. I need many beautiful houses. <laughs> is he getting any work done? We open in three weeks. How is it working for Dali? We need money. It's like I landed on another planet. I belong. I need you. What's going on? It's complicated. So this is a fake. Paint! You stole from Dali. Salvador Dali is a genius. I need her. To push me. Dali, there are bad things going on around you. I give you everything! Felix, don't take him seriously anymore. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Earth, it frightens me. And this is the basis of my inspiration. The paint disappears and becomes reality. Sometimes it is so hard being Dali. And my pick is Sir Ben Kingsley as Salvador Dali in Dali-land. Yeah, uh, I just never heard of this film, but you know, um, I think I think they missed the boat a little bit by not calling it Dollywood. <laughs> that's the one. That's, my, that's the one thing. <laughs> uh, I love Salvador Dali. I love everything about Salvador. I love his myth. Uh, myth, myth. Yeah. I love his mythos. I like. Uh, I love his work, and the idea of Ben Kingsley. The only thing it, I just, I just got to see it. I got to see it, man. I will watch Ben Kingsley fucking read a phone book. You right? know, I just, I forgot. I told you the last time we were talking, watching The Sopranos. I totally forgot that he pops up. In an episode of The Sopranos, where Christopher's trying to pitch him on that fucking shitty horror movie, yeah. Oh my god! Like I, I Kings, he's 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 a fucking national treasure. He's just he's just the so, best. He's just the yeah, best. And Mary yeah, and Marianne, like, look, I, you know, I, the notorious Betty Page was great. Uh, uh, American Psycho was just like American Psycho was like out of it was like an out of nowhere movie for me when I first saw it because I yeah. had no idea. I'd never read the Easton Ellis. It's Brett Easton Ellis, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd yeah. never never read or heard about the novel. I'd no, God, it. yeah. Going into it, I had no fucking clue. I just knew it was like a crazy psycho killer movie, right? Uh, that movie is fucking it's amazing. It's one of the best. It's one of the best movies oh, of yeah. its type it and its genre it's ever made. 
the takedown of Wall Street in the yeah. 80s culture. Like, it's so great. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I will, yeah, I'm very excited to see this movie. All right. Again, so, I've never even heard of it until I saw yeah, the trailer. So. Yeah. I just, I can't okay. wait to see this. Great. Uh, well, I had never heard of the one you picked <laughs> at all. Never even heard of it. So, I had no idea what I was getting into. So, let's, uh, let's just listen. What up, Adirondack? Listen up. Squad, gang. Maybe, uh, zip it. Can we just get you guys to shoot? Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh. That was dope. Welcome, auditioners. You guys are so talented, so unbelievable. This will break you. This will fully destroy you. Congratulations on being the most talented kids at camp. Starfish, starfish, jiggle like a jackal, jiggle like a jackal. These are the things we can do with masks. These people are really weird. That's a good song choice, I, I do believe her as a French prostitute. Famous. Oh, I'm sorry, sex worker. Thank you. Sad news, I will not be doing piercings anymore in the hut because there's a narc amongst us. Um, Cassie has narked. Totally fine. We're gonna need to prioritize the musicals, which means the straight plays are gonna have to be acoustic. Quick question, what's a straight play? There aren't musicals and then there are straight plays. So then what would be a gay play? I guess a, 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 a musical. Oh, cool. I know this one's a theater camp classic, so show our guts to Broadway, bitch. We only have three weeks to create a masterpiece. It's on you now. All on you. Let's do this. And cue cocaine. You need to know that only 3% of people make it. The rest end up in a mental facility or on a go-go box in Hell's Kitchen. This is a complete disaster. Everything is going to be okay. It doesn't work out, guys. We're theater people. We know how to turn cardboard into gold. I think this is fun and games. It's not fun. It's art. Minor housekeeping issue. Whoever stole my CBD gummies, please return that. I'm pretty sure I know who it was. Theater camp. Where the fuck did you find this? I saw this. I watched this and I laughed so goddamn hard. Every line in the trailer made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Well, so one of my one of my go tos uh, is God, slash damn it. You, okay, you check out slash. I, yes, yes, yeah. So slash film is one of my go tos daily. Um, they have a whole uh, uh, page of a, a tab, I guess, on their page for trailers, and so I check that out pretty much every day to see what's new or what you know what new version of like the Barbie one, for instance. Yeah, the, yeah. That you know, um, they came out with like three of them, right? So I'm always checking out what what the new trailers are, the new versions are, and this one just popped in there one day, and I was like, "Yeah, all right, let me check it out." Uh, and then shortly after that, Nikki <laughs> Miller, Nikki Miller, yeah, who, you know, was on for Werewolf by Night. She texted me this trailer, and was oh. Like, oh my god, I've just had so many fucking panic attacks. I, I, you know. It just, I, I, man, all like, yeah. I mean, I, effectively, that's how we met. I was yeah, instructor yeah. and you were a student. Yeah. It's, it was yeah, Peter Camp. Yeah. Our, yeah the, only, <laughs> the only difference we didn't have uh it wasn't sleepaway camp, right? It was no, it was not it was yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a, a commuter camp. We'll yeah, camp, right. Yeah, so, commuter camp. 
Yeah, this is a you know a, a uh, theater fucking geeks in in like what is it the Adirondacks or something? Yeah, uh, New York. It just looks so funny. I kids fucking theater geeks, and you know, but this is what we do with masks. Oh yeah, no, it, it, look, I have a feeling it's gonna play more to the same people that oh. are waiting for Guffman. Uh, right? No shit, no it's shit. Gonna play, it's gonna play more to theater fucking geeks. Um, but you know, I hope it everybody can get a laugh out of it. But I specifically chose it because, like, oh yeah, this was this was one hundred percent. It's like they said, "Hey, kind of upbringing." What, 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 what do you think Don and Donnie would like this movie? <laughs> Shame on us for not writing this movie, right? It's oh god, it just looks, yeah. it just looks wonderfully funny. Some people have a fucking issue with Ben Platts because he's kind of a nepo baby. Oh, I don't give a shit. You know, I I've, seen care. A couple, I've seen him in a couple things at this point. You know, he makes me laugh. He's funny. Some goofy movie he did with um, Kristen Bell. Oh yeah, you know, they play they play brother and sister, and they're going to their stepsister's wedding in in London. Um, it it just uh, it, it was that was probably the first thing I saw him in. Uh, I've not seen and probably won't see Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, I won't fucking. I just don't. Well, I don't. Care. I um, number one don't like that musical. Number two, he's yeah. too old to play the role now, and so I don't want to see that. It's like you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I saw him in that. I'm like, I want to say I saw him in something else too. I can't really remember. But like, you know, he makes me laugh. It's kind of that same, uh, like the Sean Levy thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know his dad is Eugene Levy. I know. I don't care. But God, God bless the guy is fucking funny. If you're and talented, he does I, what he does well. They yeah, can the review only, bomb him. The they can review bomb baby, the nepo. The only nepo babies that piss me off are the ones that I'm like, you, like, like Ice Cube's kid. I'm like, you literally are only acting in major films because you're fucking Ice Cube's kid. Like, you're not good at all. Like, at all. You know? Uh, I, I have a similar feeling to Denzel's kid, too. But That's exactly what I was thinking. We don't have to, yeah, we don't have to get into this. Like, so what, if you're good, you're good. And this guy's fucking good. Right? And this theater camp, theater camp looks good. So what? Funny as hell. So we have yeah. a special, we have a special, uh, we, we have a special request uh, that we are doing. Yeah. Uh, for our next movie, so I'll let you tell us what we're doing. Yeah, so um, our next recording date falls on Father's Day weekend. So our OG, I like to watch fan, my dad, Donald Christopher Smith, or Don Senior, as he calls himself on uh, his third Don, the literate. No, no, what is he? Don the Elder. Don the Elder. Yes. As Don yes. Um, will be joining us um, for our first. Bond film, which is uh, Thunderball from, I believe it's 1963. I, I, um, I don't even I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't look it up yet. My, yeah. my, dad, my dad did see it in the theaters. Um, he said that this is a, a, a kind of like a bucket list thing for him was to be on our show. All right. To talk about a film. Um, my, my wife, uh, Mary Lynn, heard me say that dad was coming on. And he's like, whoop. Who's going to get the most words in edgewise? I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> about him much. it's going to be a fucking four hour long episode. Um, yeah. But yes, he did. He did the thought Thunderball. He was kind of debating. He's like, well, I like Goldfinger. That's the first one. There's this one, this one, you know, but yeah, my dad, my dad and my mom, obviously, you know, huge influences on why I love film and how I got into doing what I do. Uh, mom is unfortunately passed. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a, uh, it'll be a cool thing uh, to have dad on and, 
rap with him about uh, well it's gonna be a long and because it's a lot of james bond yeah yeah it's a lot there's the thing is we're gonna talk thunderball but we're probably gonna talk a lot of james bond so because so it's you know so if you're a bond fan of any kind uh whichever bond you love you should uh you should check it out because we're all gonna have different opinions on who the best bond is Okay. Uh, which the best movie is, but we are going to talk specifically about Thunderball and then everything else, James Bond. Uh, and that is the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, please go on uh, Spotify or iTunes and uh, review Bond. Bye. Bye.